You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome. This is My Dog Digs Dirt, and I am your host, Lauren Collier. On today's show, a wonderful up-close, behind-the-scenes look at a wonderful animal sanctuary nestled in Northern California, home to Asian and African elephants, African lions, tigers, bears, and other exotic animals, all rescues from circuses, zoos, and the exotic pet trade. We meet Ed Stewart, one of the founders of PAWS, performing animal welfare society, when My Dog Digs Dirt comes right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com, hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com My Dog Digs Dirt is back, and I'm delighted to have as my guest Ed Stewart, who is one of the founders of an incredible sanctuary in Northern California called PAWS, Performing Animal Welfare Society. Ed, it is really a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, it's good to be with you, Lauren. I have to tell you, I had no idea who you were. A listener actually contacted me and said, you've got to do an interview about this wonderful place. Check out the website. And I did, and I'm telling you, I'm blown away. It's really amazing uh, what you have done and what you're accomplishing. Well, thanks to that listener. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want to say, yes, thank you. We have people out there that uh, that are are helping us out. Absolutely. I, I mean, I know you started back in 1984. Uh, you and your wife, Pat, got this started. And I'm very sorry because I understand she has passed away. Right. But, yeah, she was uh, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I'll tell you, she passed away just over three years ago now. I'm so sorry. I know there's a wonderful picture of her with this beautiful, magnificent elephant. And um, it's just... Amazing. So let's tell other listeners and myself, since I had no idea about you guys, how did you get started? It's it's really fascinating. Well, I got started because of Pat. Of course. <laughs> I, yeah, I uh, I was working in Ohio, and uh, Pat used to do the Lincoln Mercury Cougar commercials with the live cat, and so she worked in Hollywood as a as an animal trainer for the first part of her career. So I came to California, followed her out here, and I never had a dog or a cat or any any animal. Oh, uh, I didn't so want funny. the responsibility. And uh, uh, that's funny. now I have eight, eight elephants and tigers and, <laughs> and ah! uh, all, kind, all kinds of animals. But, but as the years went on, you know, I saw animals that live in really substandard conditions. 
And um, so in 1984, uh, we decided we would not do any more commercial work, and we uh, started an organization but really never planned on having a sanctuary. We wanted to just advocate for wild animals that are stuck in captivity and try to make things better for them. But it turned out that we had the permits to keep animals, and all the agencies started bringing us lions and tigers and wolves. And when you take your first elephant, whether you like it or not, you have a sanctuary for the rest of your life. <laughs> and wow. So we tried to do the best we can. We, we have 2,300 acres, and we try to give them uh, sort of a semblance of a, a natural life, knowing that you can't really do that for um, an animal that's supposed to live wild. But uh, right. we do the best we can, and they have a lot of nice choices and lakes and trees and grass and big spaces, but um, we're always working to improve. Well, I mean, I think it's wonderful. And, of course, we remind our listeners they're not pets. Their life, as they would hopefully have had it if they were in the wild, but they are protected, which I think is wonderful. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's a nice place. Uh, You know, our ultimate goal, though, is to put ourselves out of business. Yeah, of course. It's just like uh, an animal shelter with dogs, cats. Right. Um, you You hope that nobody is looking for a home for an abused or an abandoned animal. And uh, and hopefully someday soon that'll happen with wild animals. Oh, yeah. I mean, you must be so proud that this this little idea that you guys had has grown to this amazing sanctuary. Uh, you must feel yeah. really good when you see these animals come there for the first time. They're really free. Well, you do. You You see animals that have never... It sounds crazy, but, you know, tigers that have never walked on grass in their whole life or, or never rubbed on a tree or peed on a tree, marked oh, a tree, you know, I mean, it's it's absolutely basic. But, but when you think about it, most uh, tigers in captivity don't ever get to do something as simple as that. Right. We, we took 39 tigers all at one time from a place where a man called himself a rescue center for oh. tigers, but he was it was a puppy mill for tigers, yeah. basically. I remember and, that uh, case, yeah. Yeah, by the time they found out about this guy, he had 150 tigers, oh. and 90 of them had starved to death. Oh. So Pat and I went down and relocated the last 39 that they couldn't find homes for. And, oh, and so, it, you know, you, you think, of, and they're an endangered species, which in captivity doesn't really mean anything doesn't really affect any facet of their life. Yeah. Let's tell folks about some of the animals that you do have there. I mean, we mentioned the elephants, the tigers. What are some of the others, Ed? Well, we have some, we try to do mostly large mammals that um, a lot of people can't take care of. So most of it is tigers, lions, bears, and elephants. We have bears that have come out of roadside zoos all uh. around the country, you know, rescued. You know, a local humane society will wind up holding some bears and they don't have anywhere to put them. And, and so we've been able to give some homes to uh, to bears. I mean, one bear in North Carolina named Ben, his, his story is on our website, and he, uh, he lived in a 10-foot-wide, 20-foot-long concrete cage with mm-hmm. no relief from concrete. His whole 11 years, was he was stuck in a cage like that, and we were able to, able to move him out of there and fly him, actually FedEx fly him. Ah. FedEx, 
They called it Bear Force One. Ah, how funny. A heavy container, yeah. certainly. Yeah, it was, you know, it's hard moving a bear across the country. Ah. But it was well worth it. He was, ah. um, after after we got him on the plane, he was a great passenger, and, and he got all the way to California fine. And he's one of the really nice stories where he really adapted well to a big, enclosure he has a pool and trees and he uh he can eat the acorns right off the trees That's and so and so it's a little bit of uh restitution for him for what he had to go through that's amazing i mean do do the animals have certain criteria before you will take them or do you just try your very hardest if you possibly can and have a network that also helps you out right we're in uh we're in an organization called GFAS, GFAS, and it's mm-hmm. the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, and they have some very strict rules about who can qualify to be in in the, the association. So we work with other shelters and sanctuaries to try to take care of the animals that that we can, you know. But there's what you really have to do is stop the problem. You have yeah. to. Stop the roadside zoo. Stop the mm-hmm. guy with the 150 tigers. There's no reason for any of it. And um, I think people know that now. And it's just mm-hmm. a matter of getting it finished and getting it done and stopping with all the pets and craziness with wild animals. It's Absolutely. not fair to them. No. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's one of the other reasons why I so applaud you is because you're very big on education. Uh, you really... Right try hard to get this word out and you've been very successful and very active in different legislation to show people that they really can make a difference. Sure. Well, you know, I mean, uh, if all we did, Pat and I decided a long time ago if we were going to be active. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's easier, really, if you have a sanctuary or a shelter to just ask people for money to take care of the animals. But we wouldn't have done that. that. That just makes you a facilitator. Mm-hmm. So unless you're actively trying to stop the problem, then I don't think you're heading in the right direction. So we probably could do a lot better financially if we would just shut up and, <laughs> and yeah. not be as active in, in, um, in legislation and public information. But I think we owe it to the animals that are stuck in bad situations that we speak up for them. I think that's really so wonderful. And, of course, we're going to let listeners know how they can help because you have many ways of that as well because this is expensive. I know that you're also working uh, very hard to really, like you said, have this not happen again or not happen. Are you against animals in advertising or is it okay if they're treated well? What's your take on that, Ed? Because you see them more and more in commercials. You know, I'm seeing more and more, especially dogs, basically. But we just saw the yes. elephants out of the circus. So obviously, people are starting to understand. Yeah, we specialize mostly in wild and right. exotic animals. But, but, you know, from just my time in, you know, doing work on films and different shows, I would rather be your dog or cat at home than a star. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, uh, it's not what you think. You know, they, it's a kennel situation. And if they have one successful animal, they have to have more to back it up and you have to breed more and keep, right. keep the supply there. So I think I would rather, if you're working in commercial work, whether you're an animal or a human, you know, you have to be efficient. You have to get it done fast. So right. you really don't, you don't have a lot of time and you, you really want a machine. You know, you don't want an animal. You want a machine that'll do something right on cue 
And uh, so, I, you know, as far as I am concerned, I'd rather be, you know, my dogs or my cats. That yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, you can than, say that than, again. Right, right. Than a star or probably your house, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we'll trade our dogs. <laughs> Mine yeah. can live at your house. So let's uh, let listeners know now. Can people come and visit the sanctuary? How does that work? Because you, I have to just say, you must go to the website. It's www.pauseweb.org. Is that right, Ed? That's right. Okay, because I want our listeners, we're going to show some pictures as well, but when they see these pictures, and you can follow along with the animal story, it's just mesmerizing. Can they also come to the sanctuary? I know you're in Northern California, Ed. Right, we're in the foothills in San Andreas, but it's not near the earthquake fault. Okay. <laughs> so that so you're saying. Remember it that. Yeah, it's San Andreas, it's not our fault, is our... Uh-huh. Bumper sticker up here, but you can come on certain days we open up. We have open houses where you can get a ticket and come in and see what we do, but we're not open all the time. Okay. And it's really, I think it's one of the best things for the animals that have come from a circus or a, a zoo or a, some chaotic situation because it's a huge property and it's beautiful. It's like a park and it's so quiet. And respectful, you know, there's right. not a lot of noise, there's not a lot of, it just sounds like, you know, the level of sound that an animal should have. And yeah. and so it's, it's nice, you know, it's nice to have the people in once in a while, but I think the animals appreciate the privacy. Well, I think that's nice because there are times one can see, but they can also follow on the website. And you also sure. have programs uh, where folks can get involved. So we're going to take a quick break now, and uh, we will be right back with Ed Stewart, one of the founders of PAWS, Performing Animal Welfare Society. When I adopted her, she was a mess. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur, hot spots, a thin, dull coat. So I take the dog to the vet for the standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. No results. I hear your advertisement on the radio. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. So I get the five-pound box of Dynavite and the Lico Chops. Within a four-week total, instead of a German Shedder, I have a German Shepherd. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life because she gets fed Dynavite. And the results, they're just incredibly outstanding. And she loves it. When you rescue a dog, you have to do the right thing. You've got to feed him right for life. Do the Dynavite. Dynavite for life. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com
My Dog Digs Dirt is back, and we are talking with Ed Stewart, who is one of the founders of a fabulous, fabulous animal sanctuary, Paws, Performing Animal Welfare Society. So welcome back, Ed. I'm so excited about what you're doing. Sometimes we try to not make it too exciting. (laughs) We're not excited that animals have to be there, but excited that you have opened up this wonderful sanctuary and that you're also educating all of us, you know, about all of these really important issues. I know you have a new public education program about captive breeding. Talk about that for a bit. Well, you know, captive breeding is, on the surface, it sounds like a good idea. But really, back in the 60s, they came up with the term endangered species. And I think, unfortunately, it should have been endangered habitat. Mm -hmm. Because breeding tigers, breeding elephants is something that seems like a very positive thing to do in captivity to save elephants or tigers. But in reality, those animals are going to live their whole life in, in a cage, mm-hmm. and their babies are going to live their whole life in a cage. And it, it, there is no plan to ever reintroduce an elephant to the wild. So I think, you know, it's important right now that we have, it's an emergency, we have to save. If we decide that they're important enough to save, then we have to do it immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and it's economics. It's, we have to make the animals and their habitat more valuable, alive, and vibrant than poached or dead or traded or to, to encroach and, and build uh, highways into their habitat and, right. and cut off their routes. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things. Actually, here in California, we do the same thing. We just don't have, we don't have elephants. Right. You know, we have mountain lions, and the Fish and Wildlife Department kills many, many mountain lions every year here. So we're we're just like uh, every other country, except we thank God we don't have elephants because it would be a disaster. Oh boy! Well, you do have a captive wildlife conference, and that's coming up too. And that is something yes, folks can get involved with. Yes. Yeah, that, that's on our website, and uh, they can come up. We're having it in San Andreas, and we have great speakers from all over the world. And it's a little different than most uh, conferences. You know, we really try to get to the root of the problems and. We had one in Los Angeles last year that was just incredible, and we're looking forward to having the one this year. And people, yes, and and log on to the website, and you'll see more information about that, certainly. What about, Ed, do you have a favorite? I mean, I know they're not pets, and everybody knows that, but I'm sure that you not get close to them, but since you're there, when you see them, you just must be mesmerized every single day. I know one of the things you talked about is how much elephants love dirt, and you have the videos of them rolling in it. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I think the, your favorites are the ones that have had the hardest life before they came here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the elephants, I mean, all of the elephants are pretty incredible. Um, you know, Gypsy is an Asian elephant, spent her whole life uh-huh. in the circus. Uh-huh. And it was, you know, chaining, you know, being chained up for 80, 90% of your life. And to give her an opportunity to go out and, and graze, Oh, boy. In a big habitat with the lake and trees. And now the hard part is stopping Gypsy from grazing. <laughs> she never, she never had an opportunity to do that. And, and so every once in a while we have to keep her off the grass during the spring. Uh, she gains a little weight. So there's grass left, right? Do you put them to together? True. Do you put like, you know, different elephants from different situations together or, or not necessarily? Well, you know, it depends. We're doing that right now, actually, with some that came from a zoo. 
put them in with with others that we've had for a while that have also come from zoos. But when you think about it, you know, elephants are very social. But right. the social structure is is very structured, you know. It's it's uh, the great-great-grandmothers, the great-grandmothers, and, and then the mothers and the babies and young males up to sexual maturity. So it, everybody is genetically connected, and they know what ah. their place is in the group. Now, with us, we have one from Mozambique, who's an adult. She's in her 40s, 46. One from Zimbabwe, one from South Africa, one from Swaziland, and one that was born in captivity. So they have really nothing in common, and when you put see. them together, sometimes it's uh, it's really great, and sometimes you have to really work at it to make yeah. sure they they don't get confused about. Right. It's not a natural. Not, really, nothing about captivity is is normal. Their space mm-hmm. isn't big enough. There. Structure is not right, you know, so I, I think it's time to really step back and take a good close look at why See. we're doing this. Well, let's let listeners know that there are ways, uh, because this is expensive, obviously, the upkeep yeah. uh, and everything that you're doing. So I know there are several ways. I mean, people can just donate. You also have a really wonderful program. You can foster an animal, adopt an animal. Right. Not really. You don't take it home. But yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's really wonderful. We actually had, we actually had something. Somebody asked where her monkey was. <laughs> and we had to tell. So That's now we put on the bottom of the page, it's symbolic about. I saw that. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. But, but that's a but, great. Yeah, people can do that on the website. That's actually a really, it's a great program for us because, you know, people are concerned about an individual, but helping the whole organization, you know, and helping us yeah. get through because when we took those. Just the thirty-nine tigers. Yeah, I mean, our our food bill went up three thousand dollars a week, right. and that you know they just uh, everything is expensive. We, uh-huh. you know, the vet care, the anything that you do is, and then you know you have just your overhead, which is you know a lot too on a big property like this. But but yeah, our budget is pretty small for what um, you know for what we do and the facility that we run because we're very frugal. You know, we we started from zero and so we know what it's like to struggle through a long period of time without enough money. And uh, so we make sure that we're we're always watching the pennies. So get a lot of bang for our buck. I know. I think that's great. And it also makes really a great gift for somebody, maybe a wedding gift, a little bit unusual, and you're helping at the same time. I know you also have big plans to start a Pat Derby Animal Wellness Center, I guess, in memory of Pat. I bet you she's looking down on you smiling after all this, Ed, really. Yeah. You know what? A lot of really nice things happened since she passed away. She, uh, it's too bad she wasn't around to see a lot of it, but I think she knows that we've had, you know, the circus elephants, you know, stopping with the circus. Uh, That's fabulous. People really discussing, you know, just captivity and its efficacy for wild animals and bullhook bands that we've had passed in Los Angeles and Oakland and now the state of California. So, I mean, we're making great progress, and I think it's it's a common sense issue. It's not... It shouldn't really be controversial, you know. Right. Nobody likes animals stuck no. in small cages, and no. 
So that's what we talk about, and and I think we're starting to hit the tipping point in our favor now. Well, I, I really applaud you. I think it is time for people to really think about it, and I really am so glad you're here today. I want to let our listeners know where they can get in touch with you, Ed. I know your website, pauseweb.org. Are you also on Facebook and Twitter, and yeah. people find you there? Yeah, we have Twitter and Facebook. If you go on Facebook, you'll be able to uh, find Pause, and we we have a lot of good information on you know the topics of the day and news making events, and and also just keeps everybody up to date on what's going on here. And yeah. I take pictures with <laughs> with with my cell phone of the elephants, huh? and they're doing something interesting. And and I'm not very technically savvy but <laughs> I, do know how to, I, I do know how to send a picture to the Facebook page ah, it's great because you really can get involved in so many different aspects and you can really make a difference it just takes one person or two like yeah. uh, you Ed and Pat so uh, thank you so much Ed Stewart from PAWS I want to remind folks it's PAWS Performing Animal Welfare Society PAWSweb.org so thank you Ed for being here well, thank uh, you Lauren Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been My Dog Digster. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.